a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Live, Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Episode 15. How are we doing so far? Uh, over two weeks of programs. I, that makes me, I'm like a pro now. Is I'm a professional microphone operator. Certified. That's someone's <laughs> phrase. I stole that from someone. I don't know. Uh, anyway, we in studio are joined by Boyd Matheson of Inside Sources. Sir, I'm grateful to you for joining us. You, uh, we, we bounce you around this whole place. You've got your own hour. Uh, you, you were on this morning with Dave and Debbie, and now you're back here. with. You know what we ought to do? We ought to uh, just give you, you, you ought to have a whole morning. <laughs> no, no, we shouldn't do that. No, we should get a uh, slide though from the, the fifth floor to the first floor. Okay, so that I, as I go up and down, uh, that'll be good. <laughs> I've uh, debated with my wife about installing a fire pole, like yeah. uh, into the living room. Yeah, I, I would totally support that? that. Fifth floor to the first floor. I think uh, that would get me down here just in time. Very good. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? Last week, uh, you and I know there was uh, uh, we launched a drone strike. A Reaper drone took out uh, uh, an Iranian uh, commander who had been behind for some decades, uh, a lot of bad stuff, a lot of atrocities yeah. perpetrated against American servicemen and women, some 600-plus yeah. uh, deaths attributed to him and his uh, actions and, and his leadership. Well, we heard from Secretary of State Pompeo that there was another threat, an imminent one, mm-hmm. and that uh, it called for imminent action, and it was the president who authorized uh, that uh, and I forget the numerical designation M-something, but a Reaper drone, and there were missiles fired into the convoy as it left uh, Baghdad International Airport and the threat was neutralized. You have some insight. You've spoken to some folks uh, with uh, with a unique perspective who have seen events like this transpire in the past. Tell us uh, about your insight here. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's interesting. You talk to people in Washington, and we have one expert right here in Utah, Miles Hansen, who is the CEO and president of uh, World Trade Center Utah. Uh, used to be in the White House. Uh, he was the Gulf expert for the National Security Council inside the White House. Uh, had also spent time in the State Department as an Iranian expert. Uh, so this is a guy who knows his way around. He knows the country, he knows what's going on there, and, and he provides some unique perspective. Obviously, this was a high-ranking uh, commander. He actually said it was sort of the equivalent of taking out uh, the Secretary of State, the de- head of the Department of Defense, and the head of the CIA all in, in one person. So a lot of concentrated power in Soleimani. We heard from the, the head of state out there, uh, the Ayatollah, uh, he's not very happy. Uh, we also heard comments made at the funeral of Soleimani by his daughter. Uh, she said, 
and th- th- this is strong language. And uh, we're going to talk to we're going to talk in a moment about whether or not uh, Iran would actually like to get itself involved in some kind of conflict with us, and whether or not you know we have the appetite for a conflict. But uh, she had some terrible things, and and as I remember them now, it, uh, it it's honestly hard for me to say. I don't like even saying these words. Uh, but what she said at the funeral of her father was that the children of American servicemen ought to watch their back. Yeah, that's that's exactly what she said, and and uh, those are uh, obviously strong words, especially at a funeral, uh, which you know I, I don't think from a Western world we sort of understand that kind of uh, yeah. that kind of passion and, and outburst, uh, and so clearly there is a ramping up in terms of we need to be aware of what's going on and the impact this has made, uh, but you, but you lead to the right space, Lee, in terms of what do they really want out of this? They they're not in a strong economic position. Uh, there is a lot of internal turmoil, both in Iraq and in Iran. Uh, people are not happy with the Iranian government inside Iran and inside Iraq. And so a lot of the protests are sort of 50-50 battles. Uh, and so I think the Ayatollah is, is sort of wondering, can I, can I retaliate enough uh, to, to appease this part of my base uh, without so upsetting the rest that I end up being the one taken out? You and I had a conversation, I remember, on Friday, and it ha- had to do with uh, exactly what you're describing now. You want, uh, from the position of the Ayatollah, you want uh, the your population, your people, yep. to see you, you know, swinging Strong. your fist and your sword or saber, whatever they have. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want it to be such that you actually have to, you know, put money on the table yeah. and put, uh, quote unquote, boots on the ground. That's right. Yeah. And, there, and there's going to be a lot of that. And there's going to be a lot of debate. You alluded earlier to, uh, you know, was it an imminent threat? Uh, that debate will go on. Members of Congress will get briefed, uh, probably starting as early as tonight, uh, as uh, senators roll back in. They always roll in late tonight. I think the House reconvenes tomorrow. Everyone's flying today. We, we reached out to <laughs> a lot our, of our two senators here in Utah, and they're both, they're both flying. I understand as a staffer, Mondays are a big travel Mondays day. Are, Mondays are tough. Yeah. Uh, but everyone will get briefed. Uh, and then the interesting thing is, how much does the, does the American people need to know? How much should they know? Uh, and if we share too much with the public, does that then put our men and women in uniform at risk? Does it put our intelligence people at risk? Does it put the people who helped coordinate this? I mean, a lot of this is human intelligence uh, in terms of being able to pull off that kind of operation. Are we putting them at risk? Which ultimately, you have to remember, the ultimate goal of all of this is American security. 100%. Are, are we more safe, less safe, and are, will we be more safe tomorrow than we were today? Those are the questions we've got to get to. Uh, impeachment is something that is, is transpiring at the moment. And uh, as you also know, Democrats are, are bickering back and forth over who they want to nominate for president. There's a handful of them who a would like to <laughs> see themselves as the nominee. Uh, Elizabeth Warren yesterday joined uh, Chuck Todd on Meet the Press, and she has said that, uh, well, she insinuated, rather, that this move by the president was less military, less strategic, and more political. Mm. Can there be any credence to that? Uh, that's that's a very big statement uh, to come out. Uh, and again, uh, President Trump did so against President Obama <laughs> of, hey, he might start a war just so he can get reelected. <laughs> uh, and so there there is a lot of the political rancor that, that goes on there. And what is the real motivation behind this? And the thing we have to fall back to is that we do have a lot of, of processes and procedures in place that, that do safeguard against the wild swings politically. Uh, and I think that's an important thing to, to realize. We talked with James Walner today from the Senate. He's the sage of the Senate, knows every rule. Yeah. There's 26 rules that govern 
a impeachment proceeding. I want to I want to talk to you about that uh, about some of those rules right now. And I interrupted yeah. you. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. And, and so just let me just uh, to go back to Elizabeth Warren. Please. Uh, a lot of these things they're talking about of demanding this witness or that witness. It doesn't matter who strikes what bargain before the Senate trial begins. When the trial begins, there will be votes. They'll say any senator can call for a witness. And then the chief justice will rule and say whether that's in line, out of line. And if it's in line, then the Senate can say, okay, let's take a vote on it. Sure. And my guess is there'll be a lot of 53 to 47 yeah. votes <laughs> on procedures and witnesses and all of those things. So all of this is posturing, sadly, for political purposes. Uh, on the topic of rules in the Senate. We, over the past few months, have become impeachment experts. Uh, we are historians now. Uh, our children will look to us as the experts of impeachment because we endured it and have learned all of these uh, interesting procedural uh, little intricacies and quirks. Well, one of them is that we feel we understand now is that until Speaker Pelosi sends those articles over to the Senate, nothing can happen. We are at a standstill, and she has an absolute stranglehold on all of this. That's, that's not necessarily accurate. There are maneuvers which the Senate could undertake uh, to, to bring this to yeah. either dismiss or or bring this to, to trial. Senator Graham has a proposal. Yeah. Uh, can, can you talk to us about how one of those, we don't need to get necessarily into the specifics of these proposals by a Senator Graham or a yeah. Josh Hawley out of Missouri, right. uh, but what, what, what could happen? How does this work? Yeah, there's, there's a few maneuvers the Senate could do to force things to happen. There. And I ask you, I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah, yeah. I ask you as a former Senate chief of staff, you've been there, you know how this stuff works. Yeah. And a lot of these are just arcane rules that, I mean, they're just crazy how you kind of work your way through the labyrinth there uh, in the Senate. Uh, so the the ones, particularly the Hawley and the, the Graham proposals, are, are pretty long shot. I don't see them actually being able to, to make it through the system and actually work. And uh, so what will ultimately happen is, uh, of course, uh, Speaker Pelosi will choose the managers. And this, this is a very solemn thing. They carry the articles of impeachment over. They present them at the bar of the Senate. Okay. And that's when everything begins. And then the really interesting thing, I love this, it's written out. The Senate, uh, whoever's sitting in the chair presiding, will tell the managers of the House, the Senate has received the articles of impeachment we will let you know Jeez. when the trial is organized and ready to begin. And they are dismissed. And it actually, if you go back to like Andrew Johnson's impeachment, yeah. it's like this very formal thing. The House managers left the chamber. <laughs> so we, 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 we laugh and joke about all this. And honestly, this impeachment thing has become akin to a punchline yeah. these days. We, don't, we do not take it. I, I don't view it with the with the seriousness, and I don't you know it doesn't strike me as uh, as as important or impactful as or pivotal as day day, yeah as it does historically. Uh, but as you just went through that, the, <laughs> went through those lines, man, that is some real that's, stuff. That's TV, man. Yeah, <laughs> shoot, I want to tune into that episode. Uh, well, very cool. But you, you, the, the the Graham and the Holly thing, you don't see that going anywhere. I don't think those will work. I, but I do think that uh, Speaker Pelosi will just see this is not being helpful. It's not moving anything forward. Uh, I think ultimately, probably by late this week, early next week, she'll send those. She'll choose those managers. All right, have them Bo- do their Boyd's day. prediction: late this week, early next week. Okay, write it down, <laughs> book it. Very good, uh, Boyd Matheson from Inside Sources. I'm grateful to you for joining us. Uh, and, and please k- plan on coming down here and help me out a lot. You're a smart guy. I'm a dumb guy. I'm going to need to help uh, as much as I can put, get. Put, it. So put me down you. for episode 18 next week. Episode 18. So. <laughs> All right. Very good. All right. Uh, Boyd Matheson, host of Inside Sources, also opinion editor of the Deseret News, joining us here. Uh, we've been talking about uh, impeachment and this strike last week in Iraq uh, against the Iranian military leader.
uh, who was, according to Secretary of State Pompeo, in the midst of perpetrating an imminent threat to the United States. Uh, that fact will be debated as well will be the future of impeachment. And where these two storylines uh, intersect, it's uh, fascinating and uh, really is probably defined on uh, which political party you uh, identify with. That is uh, that. That's it. For this segment, uh, in the next segment, we're going to speak to uh, ABC News correspondent uh, Inez uh, De La Catera. She is going to talk to us about a fascinating development this morning. The former National Security Advisor, John Bolton, he says he's willing to testify in the Senate impeachment trial if he's subpoenaed. We'll see what that means. We'll see uh, how the different camps are responding to that news. All of it next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor... You'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.